Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. Have you been asked to complete an English language proficiency test for your immigration application to study in Canada or for your professional designation? For this special expert episode, we sit down with Alison Chan from Paragon Testing Enterprises. They develop and deliver the CELPIP, KALE and LPI tests. Get like a higher score on the test means that you cannot be just talking as if you were talking to someone um, in the community. You have to be speaking more professionally. One of the, the mindsets I think about is like practice your um, English as if you were going for an interview because you want to be likable. So you want to sound friendly and you also want to sound professional. So you want to elevate the types of language structure that you use. Uh, the vocabulary you use is also very important. Just don't use slang <laughs> on a test. In this episode, Alison tells us everything we need to know about these English language tests and shares some of her best test preparation and test taking tips. Let's start the show. Hello, Alison. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me today, Kate. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to chat with you today. You are one of our special expert guests on the show, but you are also just the funnest bundle of energy and so fun to talk to. And uh, yeah, I think this is going to be nice. I won't be doing all the talking. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Um, I remember the first time that I met you. So a few years ago, I think in 2018 or 2019, I, I was sent on this last minute work trip to Toronto to the Newcomers Canada Fair. And then, like, I just met you, and you're also, like, a bundle of energy. I just, like, yes. remember, the, like, all the energy that you gave, just being like, hi, I'm Kate, I, can go, I, I work for experts, but I have experts, you should definitely come. Um, and you were just so warm and so welcoming, and I was definitely, like, a really great spark, spark to my day to begin with, oh, and that's always that's the so image I've had with you. So I'm very excited to be here today, uh, not just to talk about the CELPIP and also our kale test, but also just to be here having this conversation with you and to be working with you again, Kate. Yay, it's so good. I think that was like the the buzz of the nerves and, you know, being in a live event. I just want like all the sponsors and everyone to be happy. So I was running around. Yeah, that was the expat expo. Oh my gosh, flash from the past. But um, yeah, it was so great to meet you. And we had a warm up chat the other week and it was so much fun. I think we're on the phone for like an hour just chatting away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show and thank you so much for your time today. And um, yeah, I'm excited to hear more about Paragon and, and all about what you do as well. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so Alison works for Paragon Testing Enterprises. Uh, so Paragon Testing Enterprises administers the CELPIP and KALE English tests. So some people may be familiar with those tests as, um, yeah, they're pretty key for immigration to Canada and also uh, important for other reasons like studying in Canada as well as uh, professional designations, for example. So, um, yeah, she will be talking about how her experience as an immigrant, global citizen and community 
developer has affected and led her to work for Paragon. And then she'll tell us everything we need to know about those tests, as well as give us some test preparation and test taking tips. (laughs) Wonderful. Amazing. So first off, what led you to uh, be interested in coming on this podcast? Thank you so much for having me today, Kate. Um, My name is Allison, and I currently work at Paragon Testing Enterprises, which administers the CELPIP and KL English proficiency tests, just like Kate mentioned. I was interested in coming on this podcast because I'm an immigrant. Um, I'm also very connected to the immigrant community through my friends, family, and I have also spent many years active in the nonprofit and policy sectors. I understand the challenges that people are going through as immigrants because I've been exposed to it directly or indirectly through my work, personal relationships, and as a lifelong learner. I am also multilingual um, because English was the fourth language that I've learned, and I'm constantly learning more languages. And also maintaining um, and also meet, meeting new friends from diverse backgrounds. I'm also traveling a lot in non-pandemic times, of course. So I've learned a lot working for Paragon. And I wanted to share some tips and insights from these experiences with you today. Amazing. So tell us about yourself. Where where were you born and, and how has that experience uh, affected you today? Um, I'm an immigrant and I'm also a global citizen. I moved to Canada with my family from Hong Kong when I was young and I did most of my schooling until my 20s in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. For the past 10 years, I've traveled and studied across Canada. I've also studied in Central America and I've also spent time in the US, Asia and all over Europe. I've also studied other cultures, ways of thinking. It's basically called discourse. Uh, quite extensively, both at university and after graduation. So I'm also an avid reader. I love libraries. I need to give a big shout out to libraries. <laughs> you can also find our self books in the library as well. Amazing. Yeah, libraries are an amazing resource in Canada. You know, you can just go there and get your card. But not only that, they have like discounts and yeah. all these you know, le- courses you can do. And yeah, the resources for newcomers, it, it's sometimes not very well known. So yeah, I definitely agree you know shout out to the libraries of Canada (laughs) (laughs) shout out to libraries in general like libraries are one of the best things that anyone has ever started and I hope they do not ever go away you're you're a paper advocate then you're not into the whole kindle stuff you want your solid books I I do um me too absolutely one of the jokes that I make is um some people um they go on like shopping hauls like for a while on youtube shopping haul videos were very popular but like I go on book calls <laughs> yes so that's really cool so you went to school like you mentioned in Vancouver and then um you've obviously see I've done a lot of traveling and studying across Canada and America and uh, Asia and all over Europe so um what led you to work for an English language testing company run us through that journey and, and how you ended up at Paragon testing enterprises. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, So before working at Paragon, I spent 15 years in the nonprofit consulting and policy sectors. I started working in uh, day camp programs where there was a lot of immigrant families. Uh, The children were learning English through immersion, so I was able to get firsthand insight into how they learn the language and culture. I also worked in policy advocacy for refugees and immigrants. Mm-hmm. I've been working at Paragon for almost three years now. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, I work very closely with organizations who work with newcomers, such as nonprofits, immigration professionals, and schools. I also conduct regular presentations on study and test-taking tips on the self and also the KALE test to newcomers to Canada, and also people who work uh, with newcomers or people who are thinking about moving to Canada to either study or to live or to work to talk to them about the self-up test and self-up and kale test. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you had the real life hands-on experience with English language learners so that you can in turn use that experience to to constantly improve the tests that that people need and that people need to 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 accomplish to to be successful in Canada. That's that's awesome. So, um what during your career, what what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen those learning English face? That's a really good question. Um I think not getting enough practice mm-hmm. in English is definitely one of the challenges. People say that inversion is one of the best ways to learn English, but keep in mind that like the difference between uh, being able to communicate in a language when you are living in, in in a certain country and also being able to demonstrate that language capacity during a test where you are actually benchmarked and graded on certain levels is different because a lot of the language that is being used when people are are just being immersed in a country, just living there, technically it's a, technically at a different level than, for example, if they were uh, working. So what I'm trying right. to say in, in summary is to get like a higher score on the test means that you cannot be just talking as if you were talking to someone um, in the community. You have to be speaking more professionally. Uh, a lot. One of the the mindsets I think about is like practice your um, English as if you were going for an interview because you want to be likable. So you want to sound friendly and you also want to sound professional. So you mm. want to elevate the types of language structure that you use. Uh, the vocabulary you use is also very important. Um, just don't use slang <laughs> on a yeah. test. That's really interesting because, yeah, like you mentioned, immersion is such a a key thing that you hear all the time. Like, oh, just immerse yourself in, in the culture and you'll learn the language quicker. But you're so right that there's such different types of language for different types of situations. And if you immerse yourself in, you know, like a social club with, you know, younger people, you you might learn, you know, wrong turns of phrases and and slang, like you mentioned. Yeah, it's that's so interesting. So that's a really cool tip. Just pretend you're in an interview and then your your kind of tone and, and grammar and everything will be kind of well for the tests anyway, right? And um you'll be more professional going forward. Yeah. Um okay, so why is there a need for English testing in your opinion? So from my own experience, I understand that it takes time and work, especially being able to communicate in different contexts. The level of English that you need in a day-to-day situation is different from the level of English in a workplace environment. In order to perform well in school work and in general, living in a country, um, Canada, uh, you have to have a certain level of English in at least one of the official languages. Language testing is important because it's an accurate technical way to assess your language skills. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so let's break down the the two different tests that we were talking about. Then, so we've got CELPIP and we've got KAIL tests. Um. So what are they? Uh, break it down for us each of those and and what they're accepted for. Um, the CELPIP test is the general test. There are two types of CELPIP tests. There, there's the CELPIP general test, which is accepted for mostly permanent residency. Um, applications, and also Canadian colleges and professional designations. The CELPIP LS, which stands for Listening and Speaking, is accepted for citizenship. Um, both tests are accepted by IRCC for immigration, essentially. The KAIL test is the academic test. Over 185 Canadian universities and colleges, professional designations, such as if you want to become an immigration consultant in Canada, accept the KAIL test. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's so interesting because I'm from England, obviously, and English is my first language. And I have an English Bachelor of Arts degree. And I still had to take the CELPIP to get my permanent residency. (laughs) So a lot of people (laughs) listening to this podcast, they might be from an English speaking country and they want to come to Canada and they're, you know, frustrated with taking the CELPIP. So what would you say to them? It's just something that that, that's the rules and that's what it is. And um, I didn't actually get full marks either. So I was surprised. I uh, didn't study at all. Um, I just kind of turned up and did it. So that was irresponsible on my part. But um, yeah, it's it's so strict. And uh, yeah, it, it's interesting that I didn't score full. So it shows that even if you're an English speaker, that you should definitely study. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'll be able to tell you more about uh, some preparation tips um, later on in this podcast, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. What I would say to people who said, oh, uh, who talk about how they have English degrees from um, their country of origin, I would say that like these are the rules. Uh, we didn't make the rules. We we just do what the government told us to do, and the government uh, was were the ones who have decided that um, everyone needs to take an English test. Yeah, and it's like you said, the the language testing is important because it it, it assesses the language skills of everybody coming in. It's a fair process, and yes. then it sets everybody up for success. You know, whether you're coming in for school or work, and um, it's just it's just one of those things. But um, yeah, I thought I'd just share my experience with you. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, and we get those comments as well. Yeah. Um. So, what do you like about the self? test ultimately the self-up test is designed for life in canada the gen- self-up general test is done in one three-hour testing that covers four components listening reading writing and speaking people really like the self-up test because you just do it once and you just have one appointment mm-hmm. and so you don't have to take as much time off work to go do the test and then the self-up ls test for citizenship is done in one 70 minute test sitting so and it covers the components required by the Canadian government for citizenship. People also really like the self-help test because we only use one accent, which is the Canadian accent. Um, but something to keep in mind for the speaking component, the raters are trained to ignore your accent. So that's one of the common questions we get. Does my accent matter? And the answer is no. But for the listing components, and also during the test, the entire test, for example, the instructions, you will only hear one type of accent. And uh, also, people really like the self test because it's multiple choice for listening and reading components, for the listening and reading components, and you can change your answers as many times as you like as, the t- as long as the timer hasn't expired. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about, let's talk about the, the kale test then. So why, why do people take that? You mentioned it's for study in Canada. Um, tell us a little bit more about that one. Um, the Kale test, yeah, like you said, it is an academic test. It is considered to be an accurate reflection of the type of English that is used in a first-year Canadian post-secondary institution. Test takers are asked to communicate a task inside and outside of the classroom, such as reading lecture notes and speaking on them and communicating with a professor on the materials being taught. The Kale also comprises of four components, and people also really like it because it takes an average of your component scores. Um, and the kale is also done in one test sitting. It's also available online now too as well. Oh, cool. So kale, so similar to CELPIP then. So CELPIP is the English test that's really requested by the government for immigration purposes and or, you know, the other reasons. And then kale is is requested by by the schools and universities and these professional designations, right? So that's kind of the distinction there. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. 
Um, so where can we take them? You mentioned that Kale's uh, available online now. Um, where else can, can we go? Um, we're, well, we're constantly expanding um, both domestically and also internationally. Right now, we have over 80 test centers worldwide from across Canada, um, from Vancouver Island to Maritimes to the U.S., so from California to to Texas to New York, and also around the world. For example, a couple of test centers in India, um, Philippines, um, Dubai, and also Hong Kong and Singapore as well. So we're constantly expanding, working very hard. Um, and the kale is also available at test centers and also online as well. So, for example, we just expanded kale um, online to Mexico. So if you have any friends or any family or if you yourself are from Mexico and you need to take an academic test, you can actually take the kale test online from home. Oh, wow. Yeah, I recommend that you stay up to date by going to our website, kale.ca, C-A-E-L.ca, and also selpip.ca, C-E-L-P-I-P.ca. Mm-hmm. And you can find all the test centers on, on your website and kind of find your nearest one that way. Absolutely. Great. Um, and then how does it link? So if you do your test, um, so for example, I want to get permanent residency and it's asked me to obviously submit a language test. Um, I've gone and taken that test. What are the next steps? How is it linked to my permanent residency application? That's a really good question. Um, one of the things that people also really like about the self and the kale test is that you get your results in a pretty pretty quickly so four to five calendar days after you've taken your test you will receive an email um, and you're uh, uh, saying that your scores are ready so then you log into your self-up account and then you can download your score reports uh, as a pdf and because of the pandemic um, the government ircc is accepting digital copies so you just download it and then you just attach it with your uh, application online Great. And then pre-pandemic, what was the process you had to, they had to get it directly from you? So pre-pandemic, people still got a notification that their test results were ready, but then they will have to wait for their uh, printed school reports and then take that piece of paper and then send it to the government. So now it just really expedites the process because you don't have to wait for Canada Post. Mm -hmm. That's the key thing. Right. Well, hopefully they keep that that way then going forward, even after the pandemic. Who knows? All this virtual stuff is is has been kind of expedited, right? And everything's kind of getting a bit more slick. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback on just being able to expedite this process. So technically, you can uh, get your scores within a week. Wow. Cool. Um, great. So you obviously it's come up that you need to, to take one of these tests and, and you've booked it in and you've you know found your local test center or you're doing it online. How do you prepare for the test? So you've got it booked. What's the next step? You get two free practice tests when you create a Selpip account and it's free and it's online. Just go to selpip.ca. And you also get five hours of online study materials when you register for a Selpip test. And it's automatically deposited in your account. It's called the Self Accelerate Starter Pack. Um, and there's also um, a free study guide with preparation checklist for the kale in our online bookstore as well. Kale test takers are also eligible to apply for five thousand uh, dollars in scholarships to the institution of their choice. Wow! Let me unpack yeah. that a little bit. Kale test takers are also eligible to apply for five thousand dollars scholarships. That's amazing. So if they score particularly high, is that the next step would be to apply or is it anybody can try out for that? 
anyone as long as you have taken the kale. Mm-hmm. So uh, my understanding is that usually there are minimums that you need to score on the kale. So if you have achieved that minimum, then when the application process opens for the kale scholarships, you can then apply for it, and then we'll verify that you are a kale test taker, and and then. You have, you have to submit things such as, oh, like, why are you interested? So uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, uh, Kale Test, you'll be able to see that we've conducted interviews with scholarship winners. What an amazing initiative. That's so great to help them. You know, they've just got here and, yeah, that's awesome. You guys rock. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the reasons why we do this is because we have a, um, a lot of the people who work at Paragon have close connections to um, higher education universities so we just have a lot of um, love and we have a lot of value for um, education in general especially uh, post-secondary education Mm -hmm. yeah and like you were mentioning there are so many resources that you offer for free as well it's crazy so there is really no excuse to do what I did and just turn up unprepared Um, but yeah literally there's 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 so many study materials and you get your two practice tests and um yeah I know loads of English people that that did do those and and it probably helped their score so um yeah that's that's awesome you guys really help prepare um do you have any study and test taking tips so the best ways to study and and make the most of those resources I do um I do have a lot of tips and I usually spend an hour talking about them in my webinars I genuinely (laughs) want each test taker and each organization uh, that I talked to to reach their goals. First of all, attend our webinars. We run a lot of free webinars. Uh, Kate will also provide links in the description below. I will. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we do have the more general webinars um, that are sometimes run by people like me um, and also my colleagues, but we also have um, former English teachers uh, who have a lot of technical language skills who run a very component-specific webinar. So, for example, you can get help on your listening, reading, writing, and speaking. Some of them are targeted to. Um, just register. It's free. It's online. And my wonderful colleagues, Brandy and Megan, are fantastic presenters. And they just really care about um, the people who attend and also the test takers as well. Um, second, um, my second tip is you already use a lot of language testing skills in your life when you're living, working, and studying in Canada. So, for example, note-taking and taking multiple choice tests, such as your citizenship test. Um, For the kale, we tried to mimic the language experience in the test. And then my third tip, um, disclaimer, a lot of these tips that I have came from my personal experience. Being prepared for the test is very important. Um, This includes... Um, knowing how much time you have to to complete the test and knowing what the raters are looking for. So we can help you with those two. So, for example, online, we provide information on how much time there is, for example, how much preparation time for the speaking components, how much time people have to complete each test, um, and then knowing what the raters are looking for. We have this fantastic chart online called the score comparison chart that I strongly recommend everyone downloads and practices with because then you know what the criteria that the readers are looking for and for example what's the difference between maybe a six and a seven so knowing that what the readers are looking for what the differences are and i always tell people to practice for the score that you're looking for and above so for example if you're looking for a seven practice for an eight 
just in case mm-hmm. anything happens, right? Um, and then my third tip about being prepared is being prepared to by knowing yourself. Um, know your needs and also the environment you'll be in. So you can prepare and be at your most optimal state of mind, which for a lot of people is relaxed and focused before and during the test. Nourish yourself before the test and also train your brain to refocus quickly and get back into your flow in case you get distracted. Some examples are you can uh, try practicing the online practice test in a communal area, such as the living room and letting your housemates know that you're practicing for a test and you were not going to respond to them during this time. I also recommend doing these practice tests at a time when you'll be taking your tests and trying what types of, of and how much food, water, sleep, and other fuels you need beforehand to sustain yourself. So for example, if your test is at 1.30 um, in the afternoon, you'll have to get to the test center 45 minutes before by 12.45. So do you eat and drink before you leave for the test center? Do you eat at all? I uh, think about how much how much fuel and nourishment you need um, and time that properly. So think about what you would do if you were Sydney Crosby preparing for the gold medal game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, how would you prepare and take care of yourself before to achieve your goal? Wow, that's awesome. Because yeah, it's all about planning. You don't want to turn up sweaty after like running through the doors of, you know, stressing that you're going to be late. That's not going to set you up for for your best performance. So yeah, get there even earlier if you can. And um, yeah, I love the tip of of practicing with distractions because I'm the sucker for that. Like I need pure silence and no distractions to concentrate. So I, I've never done well in exam situations just because I get so easily distracted or put off by noises and things. So that's a really good tip to, to practice that and to put yourself in circumstance to to try and kind of beat that weakness (laughs) yeah because i think something that people need to recognize is that the test center will never be completely silent and it will Mm. never be optimal but if you're practicing for um a less optimal situation uh if and when that does appear you're not going to be phased at all so um i read some studies about how um when people go to juilliard the music famous musical school in new york um one of the things that uh, the students practice for is that they practice with distractions. For example, they practice with like things thrown at them. Um, wow. And the reason why they do this is because they are trained that if anything happens in the audience, either during an audition or during like a, a performance, performance. Yeah. They're, they're not distracted at all. And I think the same concept applies that, you know, nothing should phase you. You should be here in your own bubble and that that was like a personal tip that I do have. And then also like nourishment, like uh, for me, I, I work out a lot and also um, I made that reference about Sydney Crosby. So I, I also mm-hmm. do like to play some recreational hockey. So one of the things that I've also learned is really prepare yourself, like fuel yourself. So um, during the test, like you, you can't eat. And if you want to have a drink of water, you'll have to walk with an invigilator to the front and then drink. But then... Like, you don't want to be wasting that time, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to plan for your most optimal self. That's great. Can we um can we go through kind of the, the setup of it? I feel like yeah. that's that's really important to just uh, to know what to expect. So obviously the online uh, process, that's got to be uh, monitored somehow. You've got people watching or how does that work online? 
Yeah, so with the kale online, just to be clear, the CELPIP test, you have to go into a test center. The kale is the only test that you can take online. So with the kale online test, you do have um, someone, so a physical person who is paid and who watches you. So that's why you have to have your webcam on for the kale online. So they will be watching you just to make sure that, uh, you know, you're not like no one's cheating, right? So no. And then the cell pip, um, I remember I turned up and you have to check in and register and then um, you get allocated to a little desk that is distanced away from other people. You have your little headset and your computer screen in front of you. Um, It's quite blocked off with kind of side panels and things like that. Um, Yeah. What else can you can you share about the setup of of the, the test centers? I mean, you got it. Um, but what, <laughs> what else I can also share is that uh, people will get headphones, uh, their own individual headphones, because you, you can basically do the test at your, your own pace. Because there is a next button. If you are finished, you can skip ahead and no one has to be taking the same test at the same time. Um, with the pandemic, we are enforcing physical distancing. So there is no one sitting to your left or to your right. So no one sitting um, six feet. Um, and also... If you put your hand up, you can actually get uh, ask, ask invigilators to give you earplugs. Um, and then after you're done your listening component, um, when you're on to your reading, that you put your earplugs in and then put your headset um, over your ears so that you can block out extra noise. Mm-hmm. So something to keep in mind, though, is that there are instructions that are delivered through the headset. So you don't want to completely block out the sound from the headset as well. But like when you are example answering the questions it, it is if you wanted to block out more noise you can use the headsets and also the ear, earplugs you also get a note paper and also a pen so note taking is one of the most important parts of taking the test um, for the reading component if you get stuck on a question just write it down on your note, note paper and then go back to it wow awesome yeah, and it's interesting what you said about um, the headphones because so so people do obviously complete the test at different paces, right? So I, as as a native English speaker, I kind of whizzed through it, and then I was at the speaking section first, so I was the first one in the room to kind of speak out loud, and it's it's so jarring almost because it's such a silent room, and then I'm like, hello everyone, <laughs> my microphone. Um, so yeah, obviously that might have been disrupt- disruptive to other people. So that's a really good tip. And if they've prepared for those distractions and then have their earplugs, that's, that's really great because people might start talking and the talking part and you're not ready for that yet. So, um, yeah. yeah, great tip. Um, can you just give like a little example of each of the four tests? What would be a typical kind of reading exercise, for example? Right. So um, for the reading component, a sample a a question that you might get is reading correspondence or reading for viewpoints. So reading for viewpoints is what are different people saying? And quite similar to that with uh, one of the questions that people will be asked on the listening component is also listening to viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Um, With the writing component, there's, there's only two tasks and you get up to an hour to do it. So 26 minutes and 27 minutes to uh, write an email and also respond to a survey question. And on the speaking component, you, you do get a question where you're asked to describe what is on a on an image. And then you will also be asked to speak on questions that just have the text, for example, making predictions or describing an unusual situation. In regards to the speaking component, one of my tips is 
pretend that you called someone. Maybe um, you are a an art buyer. If you are you know talking about the task, as to talk about the task with an image, pretend you are an art buyer, and then you see this really interesting uh, image, and you want your buyer who has a lot of money to buy it. But then they're not available, so you have to leave them a voicemail. So how would you leave them a voicemail so that it's appealing, so that they understand what you are seeing without seeing the image and that they're very um, convinced to buy it? So that is one of the advice that I do have for the speaking component is just pretend you are leaving someone a voicemail. Mm-hmm. And then, like you mentioned, there is so much time as well that's allocated to you. So why not use that time? I think I kind of whizzed through it and uh, I could have spent a lot more time on the writing, for example. I could have really used that 27 minutes and, and crafted the best email and, you know, made sure that the grammar and the punctuation, everything's right. So, yeah, just why not use that time? You only get one the one chance that one day. So, yeah, make the most of that that time allocation. It's very generous. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, I I would love to be able to have 27 minutes to write an email, but life life doesn't (laughs) give that much time um, usually. (laughs) But yeah, we truly do want the test takers to get the marks that they're looking for. So for example, on the writing component, since we're talking about that right now, uh, people get features such as a spell check. So on the self-up test, if you misspell a word, there's going to be a red squiggly line underneath so that you know, it tells you that something's wrong, but we won't tell you how to uh, spell it. And we don't take marks off at all. If people use it, we encourage people to use it. These tools you can also use the cut and paste. So if you decided that you wrote something and then it's somewhere else, you can easily move it in a matter of seconds. So um, another tip that we always have is we encourage people to make sure you have time to proofread, especially for... Um, the writing component and also the reading component. So make sure that you buffer that time in so that um, you're able to review your answers before the timer expires. And I think that also applies to the listening component as well, uh, making sure that you do have time to double check your answers before the timer expires. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been so valuable. I wish that I had this for when I was studying and when I was preparing for the test. So how can people reach you if, if they want more information um, or, yeah, to to learn more about uh, CellPip, Kale, and, and the Paragon Testing Enterprises? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people can reach us at info at cellpip.ca or info at kale.ca. My wonderful colleagues will be able to answer any questions that you have. And Kate has uh, will be putting um, links to the webinars that we talked about in the descriptions below. So overall, I really do think that it comes to a mixture of practicing your English, especially with people with demonstrated strong grammatical skills and and being prepared for the test, such as the structure of the timing of the test and the scoring criteria. And of course, uh, preparing yourself for the test to take the test. I'd also strongly recommend practicing to be at your optimal state of the time of the test and also the environment, such as nourishing yourself before the test and managing your focus during the test. So good. And do you have any advice finally for people that are looking to to acclimatize better into into the culture here in Canada? Do you have any um, any advice for that? Well, I know that moving to a new country is hard. You have to learn the nuances of a new country, and also you're starting a new life. 
So I recommend attending programs offered by nonprofit organizations, attending fairs and events. I know Kate has organized a couple and also <laughs> listening to podcasts like these. There are people who genuinely want you to succeed when you are living, working and uh, studying in Canada. For example, I want you to succeed. Um, so thank you so much, Kate, for having me on this podcast. So we really appreciate your efforts in bringing stories of expats to Canada um, to life on your podcast. So just wanted to end this podcast with thanking you and also the listeners as well. Yay. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great. And um, yeah, thank you for your kind words and for all the work you're doing with this English testing. It's just another part of the the journey, right? So you've got to get this one done and then to learn more and, and, you know, improve your English skills and then ultimately get your, you know, your place at university or your permanent residency or citizenship. It's just another step in the process. So thank you for your work with uh, making that uh, as easy and, and enjoyable as possible. And um, yeah, just have a great day. It was great to chat with you. You as well, Kate. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.